If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. of the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Sean King. I am Tim Murray. We are down to 16 teams in the NCAA tournament and like we all predicted the St. Peter's Peacocks would be one of those remaining 16 teams and to break down more of these games as uh, we look at these fresh lines some line movement uh, we bring in our good friend from the three man weave follow him on Twitter at second chance points it is Jim Root, who was a, a, a busy weekend with the three-man weave crew uh, in Las Vegas. He's now trying to recuperate and, uh, and get, get ready to go. Um, let's get to this Duke-Texas Tech game right off the jump here, Jim. Um, you know, this is uh, going to be, in my opinion, uh, my guess is this will be the most highly bet game of the eight in the Sweet 16. It's in that night slot, so, you know, get things leading up to it, and it's Duke. Um, in this spot. I think it's a really bad matchup. Uh, I like Texas Tech here uh, on the money line. Total of 137 and a spread of one in favor of the Red Raiders. Uh, how do you break down Texas Tech and Duke? Look at it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I'm kind of seeing some... I, I, I was really into Texas Tech at first. Gut reaction, boom, minus one. I, I think they can slow down Duke's offense. But the Blue Devils are a better shooting team than I probably give them credit for. Uh, A.J. Griffin, especially, is a sniper. 
Jeremy Roach is hitting shots. Trevor Keels and Ben Caro can kind of be on off, but uh, they, they have guys that can knock down shots. And that's what you need against Texas Tech. Uh, their, their paint defense is incredible. You cannot get into gaps driving. They, they double the post. You're not going to get um, back downs with them. So you're going to have to hit shots over the top to loosen them up. Was definitely in on Texas Tech at first, so maybe Duke can hit a few shots and loosen up the defense, like I said. But I'm still with the Red Raiders. I think they slow it down, keep it in the half court. I would lean towards the under. I think Texas Tech's lack of offense is going to really show up even against Duke's defense that's had its issues. I'm curious what Mr. King thinks. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm talking up Texas Tech here a little bit. That can't be too uh, too good to hear for him. Well, I guess when I looked at this game initially, I, of course it's a tough matchup because of the way that, that Texas Tech gets after it on the defensive end. But ultimately, I think I'm going to side with Duke simply because Texas Tech likes to play games in the 50s. And I just think it's very, very difficult to hold this Duke team under 65 you know, to 70 points. I just think they're individually so talented. They have four guys that can finish at the rim. Mark Williams is so improved from what he used to be. I just think they're going to score their points. You know, where I'm kind of hesitant with Duke is their lapses on defense. I mean, they give up some of the easiest, most non-necessary buckets to the other team of any elite team I've seen. So I, I'm probably not going to bet the game, but if I, if, I, if I needed to, I probably would take Duke just because – I mean, when they're good, they're national champion good. Yep, I buy that. Uh, you mentioned scoring in the 50s. I, I did see a stat that this game, or this tournament, excuse me, over the past decade has had the most games won by a score in the 50s uh, of any already. Uh, they've had, I think, seven games have been won by a team that scored in the 50s. So there have been some defensive struggles. Texas Tech has certainly been a part of that. Uh, but I, I think... I give him a slight edge here against the Blue Devils. Yeah, uh, Iowa State is uh, is a big fan of winning uh, in in the fifties. Uh, let's jump to that game. Sean just talked about it. He thinks that's going to be his favorite play of uh, of the weekend. Miami uh, against Iowa State. I don't disagree. Um, you know, it, it's starting to get a little pricey on the money line, so you might want to get in uh, sooner rather than later. Here at Circuit's already a juice two and a half. Uh, DraftKings is a juice two and a half as well. Uh, Iowa State, you know. LSU, Wisconsin, can that suffocating defense get it done for a third game in a row? I I don't think so. I, I think they're playing the wrong matchup. Uh, just Miami's guards are too good at handling pressure, uh, getting into gaps defensively, getting all the way to the rim. I think they can exploit Iowa State's gambling in a way that LSU and Wisconsin could not. Uh, I thought going into the Wisconsin game, the Badgers would have a nice edge because they ranked number one in the country and not turning the ball over. But that's more a, a symptom of how conservatively they play uh, rather than it is a, a super high compliment of their, their their backcourt and how dynamic they are. Of course, Chucky Hepburn got hurt too. Mm -hmm. Take out Wisconsin's point guard, that's a big deal. Uh, but man, the, the trio that Miami's got there, McGusty, Moore, and Wong, I, I think they're going to have a great day against that Iowa State defense and taking advantage of the holes that they leave when they overhelp, or over-gamble over on the perimeter. Talking to Jim Root, Second Chance Points on Twitter, Three Man Weave. Check out their Twitter feed, at 3MW underscore CBB. Uh, always uh, great content coming out of that crew. Uh, you know, instead of me just bouncing around, is there a game, uh, we've talked Duke, Texas Tech, and Iowa State, Miami, is there a game or a bet that you've already made for the Sweet 16? Yeah, you guys were, were talking a lot of the little the the end of last segment. I like Providence. Mm. Uh, I just think they're 
They're too veteran in the backcourt. They're too well coached. Uh, they've just kind of shown it all season that they can hang around. And against Kansas, who, yes, they're getting great performances from Remy Martin, but I think it's still not a fully formed offensive system and, and pecking order. Now that he's in there, kind of taking some shots from Abaji, taking some shots from Christian Brown, uh, it's great looking at Martin's individual stats, but uh, he's not a great defender. They got torched by Creighton defensively, or, or relatively torched at least. Uh, four guys were scoring for the Blue Jays, and they still managed to score over a point per possession. Uh, so I, I think Providence can absolutely hang around. The number's too high for me at seven and a half. I, I took that, and I, I don't know that they'll win, but I, I just think the the backcourt that they have with Durham and Bynum, the way they're hitting shots, and I think Watson can neutralize and even outplay McCormick in the paint. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the, the very veteran experience of the Friars plus seven and a half. A, a game that hasn't been talked about a lot, Jim, is uh, Michigan Nova. You know, of course, you know how I feel about Nova and the style of play, but I have to admit, they're extremely experienced. You know, they, they win close games, of course, because of their free throw shooting. But Jawan Howard and this Michigan team kind of stumbled through the last quarter of the season, but they seem to be playing so high. Can they pull this upset? They they can, definitely can. Uh, Hunter Dickinson's going to be a serious problem for Villanova. They don't really have the true size to contend with him. Uh, I'm curious how Nova plays that. If, if they're going to hard double post touches and try to just immediately get out of his hands, uh, or sometimes Jay Wright is content with letting a post guy go one-on-one over and over, thinking his offense can can out-efficient one guy scoring on post touches. So I, I'm going to have an have a early eye on that to see how they're trying to cover Dickinson. Uh, but on the other end of the floor, I, I think Dickinson has some issues. I, Villanova's going to move him around. They're going to put him in ball screens with, with Gillespie and with Justin Moore. Uh, and then also Dixon hit two big threes late against uh, late, late over the weekend against Ohio state. I, I think if Dickinson has to come out and guard him on the perimeter, that's, that's a problem as well. I think Villanova's guard post-ups can be an option here when they throw more and Gillespie on the block. Uh, Frankie Collins and Eli Brooks are not big. Devonte Jones, not big. Uh, so I, th- I think that's going to be an option as well. So I see a lot of routes to efficient scoring here for both teams has me leaning towards the over and I'm kind of hoping this the spread keeps going down. I'll take Villanova probably at minus four if it gets there. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. You get uh, – go ahead. John. Before we leave that game, yeah, the job that John Howard has done with Diabate from beginning of the year to now it is unbelievable. I mean, that kid has improved drastically. Um, very interested in who controls the flow of the game. You know, Very interested in can Michigan speed up Villanova at all? Can Villanova kind of – you do what they like to do, which is run their sets and back you down. I, I'm very interested in who controls this tempo, but I think Michigan's size will, will, will cause some problems for Nova on the boards. You know, that was a yeah, surprising thing to me in this last game was Nova didn't dominate on the boards like they tend to. Yeah, I think that could definitely be an issue. I mean, they're they're playing one true postman, and, and Samuels and Slater are kind of tweener forwards. They're not really true bigs. And with Diabate and Dickinson out there, yeah, they, they kind of dwarf Villanova in size. The, the thing about pace, it, Villanova, it's, they're really hard to speed up. It happens so rarely. Uh, they are usually the pacemaker in games they play. They force you to grind it out in the half court. Um, so I don't know if Michigan will be able to speed them up, but I'm, I'm with you. The size could, could definitely give them problems. Last game I got. Oh, good. UCLA. Uh, have you been impressed with UCLA? If Jazang is healthy, would play, playing a future on them to win it all, you know, before they get to the round of eight. Was that something that you might, you know, lean towards? 
I, I probably won't play it, but I have been impressed with them. I, UCLA wasn't a team I was high on coming into the year. I thought last season's run was a little eh, fluky, but uh, they've been awesome this year. Uh, they, they survived Akron, and they kind of took it to a St. Mary's team that I was really, really high on. So I kind of had to tip my cap to the Bruins for robbing me of some some funds there on that one. But uh, it's I just I don't know that this this bracket draw maybe set up kind of well for them. The one and the two seed both eliminated. Uh, North Carolina is playing well, but you know they they only have five players that really matter. If you get any of them foul trouble, suddenly things start looking pretty shaky for the heels. And like you guys said previously too, that the Purdue defense is not something I'm terribly uh, worried about. So uh, UCLA, at at the very least, is probably a, a favorite, slight favorite to come out of the region right now or close to it. Uh, and then anything goes in the Final Four. What could happen last year against undefeated Gonzaga? So I I buy that argument, Sean. I, I won't I won't shoot you down. All right, Jim. Thirty seconds. Uh, St. Peter's Purdue. Um, I know people are, are tantalized by the points. I get it. Uh, I think the bigs of Purdue are going to put a world of hurt on the Peacocks down low. Uh, would you lay the 12 and a half, or do you think uh, Cinderella's got one more uh, dance left in them? I'm closer to laying it. I think you're right about the size. I also think we're probably going to see about 30 to 40 more Purdue free throws because I don't think St. Peter's can compete with them in there, and they're going to have to hack. Uh, and then I, I, the one thing I'm concerned about is the 15 seeds in the past have always played really competitively, both covered. You know, it's only two, but... Uh, maybe they won't run out of steam, but I'm leaning Purdue there. All right. There he is, Jim Root. Great stuff, At Jim. Second Chance Points. Always love his stuff, uh, and uh, we appreciate it, Jim. Appreciate it, man. Yep, thanks for having me on, guys. There he is, Jim Root. Sean is happy. We'll tell you why. Next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, 
We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city casts wherever you get your podcasts. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Satisfy with uh, what Jim said? Yeah. Reassuring? Interesting that his favorite play Providence. is Providence, plus the seven. I and like half. Providence, man. I, they've looked good to me. And I don't think Kansas is going to overwhelm them from a talent standpoint. They're not going to overwhelm them from a size standpoint. So now it just comes down to, you know, execution, you know, and effort. And I think, you know, Providence is right there in both of those categories. I mean, catching seven and a half, it's a lot of points. Um, You know, and it's kind of funny how I feel like things to an extent have come a little bit of full circle because forever people have been doubting this team. And I think there was rightful thoughts to doubt them. Um, you know, in their road here, let's be honest. I mean, if you look at, you know, Shot Quality, uh, which is a website out there that breaks down games. They say that, you know, you play that game a bunch. I think more often than not, Richmond would have actually beaten Providence. But at some point, you do just have to tip, tip your cap and say, you keep figuring out ways to win. And I thought... Jim brought, broke it down saying, you know, and, and to your point about McCormick, and I agree, I, I've never been a big David McCormick guy. I, right. I think he has trouble finishing. I think he's around. solid. 
Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, I don't think he's elite. I don't think yeah. he overwhelms you. But you've got, you know, Watson for Providence could be an absolute beast uh, if he's, you know, on his game. So, yeah, I, I, I could absolutely see Providence keeping this thing close. They've been tested plenty of times before, you know, and I've said this a couple times on the show, and I'll say it again. I thought one of their best performances of the year was a road loss to Villanova. Mm-hmm. You know, that game was a battle, was a war. I think they were down double figures. They battled back. And, you know, look, I bet them at an in-game against Creighton. I thought they would battle back. They didn't. They lost by, whatever, 27 or whatever. But I, I think seven and a half. I don't know if I, I'll make the bet just yet. I know you're a little higher on it, and Jim obviously likes it a lot, yeah, too. I'm going to wait because I think I might get a better number. I don't know. I'm curious. It seems like the market's respecting Providence quite a bit. I mean, it opened eight here at Circus seven. Most other places at seven and a half. I'd be, it's, I would be fascinated to see where that. Line Here's what I know I'm going to do in this game. I'm going to money line bet Providence, but I'm going to in-game bet the spread one way or another, just based on how the game goes. Well, I hope that. Money line bet is, uh, it, is it dies. Not sure what's going on here in the Predators game. Oh yeah, there's, I said I said there's Sean something was happy. wrong with the goalie Saros Skate or something, who's a starting goalie for Nashville. And I thought he was getting his skate fixed, but now he's going to the locker room. So please, God, don't be going to the backup goalie. It's four to two Nashville. Sean has the Predators on the puck line. Yes, two to two. Four two. So, oh my gosh, thirty three is coming in the game. He didn't expect to play tonight. No telling what he did last night. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man, are you kidding me? Oh my god, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. I mean, the stars get hurt. I mean, what is going on? David Ritchie. Oh gosh. Come on, D-Rich. Man, I hope your night life not impacting your day life, man. He didn't think he was going to play. Yeah, but he's, he's professional. He had to know. Man, he might have been having a few before the game. I don't know what's going on here. Well. Oh, my goodness. Got 12.49 left. Please. Oh, my goodness. The Predators have taken out their starting goalie. Looks like some sort of uh I just don't know what happened. Like, something wrong was wrong with his skate. So, in hockey, if they take out the goalie, can they put the goalie back in? Aaron, can you guys find it out for me? Yeah, I think okay. you can. I don't think it's like a pitcher. All right. Just... I think you're good. I need Buddy to I hope he's got to use the bathroom or something. Jeez. <laughs> uh, well, while we're on the topic, uh, tonight we had uh, we had a really – Monster uh, matchup in, in the NHL. Oilers and uh, Avs went to overtime, and the uh, Avs are able to get a win as a minus um, one eighty six favorite here at Circa. Um, but Vegas lost again. Now they were a pretty big underdog, Sean. But this Vegas team, if you looked at the odds today, it was almost a pick 'em whether or not they would make the playoffs. The Knights seem like they're kind of. So ever since they Falling lost, apart. ever since they lost Mark Stone, their uh, their captain. I mean, it's just it's been a struggle. Have you been fading them? Uh, I have, although they kind of righted the ship slightly um, for the two games previous to this. But I, I still don't think they're elite. And uh, okay, Soros is back in the game. Okay, <laughs> thank God, because of course Anaheim's on the power play. 
Like, for some reason, the guy from the Predators just trips the guy for no reason. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this. Uh, so, the Knights lost 3 to nothing mm-hmm. today to the, to the Wild. Yeah. They w- are, Wild are really good, especially at home. They're on the road at Winnipeg tomorrow. Winnipeg's very unpredictable. Right now, Winnipeg, it looks like here at Circa, minus 146. Winnipeg's been kind of sporadic. Win, lose, win, lose. Like, I, I can't figure them out. Um, I actually have to sit down tonight. I'll probably do it a little bit at the Cigar Lounge. And, and then in the morning while I'm, you know, having my coffee and really sort out the trades. Because there were a number of uh, – there was a lot of player movement today in the NHL, you know, uh, coming up to the trade deadline and those things. So, I know uh, Claude Giroux went from the Flyers to the Panthers. Um Fleury went to Minnesota. Went to Minnesota and pitched a shutout, of course, against his former team, Vegas tonight. So there's been some player movement that definitely will impact, you know, this last what does hockey have? Uh, 16, 17 games maybe left, something like that, in the regular um, season. Um, yeah, about yeah, around twenty. Yeah, so I got I need to sort all. It was of that uh, out. by the way, it was uh, it wasn't. Uh, Flurry wasn't in net. It was Talbot was still in net tonight for Minnesota, but still. Uh, Can we get the puck to out of this side, please? <laughs> she whiz. I mean, they're out here like on the video game where they're passing this thing around. Anaheim stinks. By the way, big one tomorrow uh, for your boys, the Lightning. Actually, a slight dog at Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's good at home, but they're not us. I mean, we should handle that that business. Take the even money? Uh, let me look at it. Let me make sure that uh, Vasilevsky's in goal and, you know, that everybody's playing. Points, Stamkos, Andrew Chuck, you know. Make sure everybody's actually playing in the game first. And that's the one thing with hockey. You have to check. But I would be very confident or tell anybody, listen, if you have not played a futures bet on the Lightning to win it, do it. You know, they're the team that had – to me, they're the most complete team. Like, I know Colorado's probably at the top end, probably slightly more talented. Colorado right now, just looking at the futures market, plus 425 for Colorado. Florida, this is draft game. Oh, so. my gosh. Oh, no. Anaheim just scored. Sean's got the Preds on the money line. Puck line. Puck line, excuse yeah. me. Same thing. Soros, why don't you stay in the locker room? <laughs> he, was, he was doing prayers on set that this dude would come back after a skate issue. Now he gives up a, a goal, and you're, you're, you want him to kick him to the curb. Yeah, this is probably not his fault. I just don't think the uh, the Preds' penalty kill, to me, is not very great. I mean, look, the guy's in front of the net. He's supposed to have a body on him. Sessions is spinning around like he's lost, like his GPS not working. Oh. Well, we got time. Nothing like Sean sweating it out. At least we're up a goal. We have time. We still could have, be, what, still nine be, minutes left, still, I think, in the third? Still could be in worse Yeah, just worse a little shape. under 10. I'd rather be up 4-3 than down 4-3. That's true. Yeah. that's. I think that's a, a fair fair way to look at it. Um, so the uh, the NBA slate is, uh, has wrapped up tonight. We, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, Brooklyn getting another win. Home dog. Uh, no Kyrie still uh, in home games, but they get it done against Utah. Uh, Charlotte wins, doesn't cover. Uh, looks like dogs were, were doing the thing tonight. Uh, Miami lost again. Miami's got to watch out, man. Miami was laying eight on the road at Philadelphia, and 
They, you, you know I've never been a fan of Miami, so no, I know, but they gotta they gotta watch themselves. Their their lead continues to shrink, uh, and and you just you can't lose that game with now Joel Embiid playing. They're laying eight on the road. Maxi was absolutely a stud tonight uh, for for the Sixers. Twenty eight points for Tyrese Maxi as uh, the Sixers get a huge win. They're trying to creep up, get that one seed, maybe avoid Brooklyn, have them on the other side of that bracket. Could be a fascinating finish to the season uh, in the NBA. Sean sweating out some pucks. More thoughts on college hoops and anything else that pops up. Who will be the most outstanding player? Close out the college basketball season. It's the nightcap here on the This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only 19 bucks. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Poops Peterson, Matt Humans, JBT, and yours truly. We'll have insights on every key team, conference, and players to watch, favorites, the potential Cinderella. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through the end of the tournament April 5th for only 19 bucks. Head on over to VSIN.com slash madness. It is the nightcap here on VSIN. I was just thumbing through here. Underdogs going 27 and 21. I believe on Saturday they went 7 and 1 ATS. I'll look that real quick. I think that was Saturday where the, the dogs were a barking in college basketball, um, which is uh, which is always a usually usually a good thing. Let's see. On Saturday, we had Providence covered, New Mexico State covered, dog dog. Yeah, I think it was seven and one ATS. No UCLA covered too, so it wasn't uh, wasn't a clean sweep. But still, dogs were barking on Saturday. How's your game going here? Sean? Uh, Preds are back on the power play. Uh, I really wish they would score here to make it six three, so I could stop watching. <laughs> For a little bit and uh and you know host the show yeah right but i mean hey i'm pulling from my pockets right now you gotta understand i i do i mean i like the right the puck movement right now has been elite preds are on the power play about a minute 19 left i will say this one way that i played the tournament that really was profitable for me was i was in game betting but i was actually pulling for the underdog because a lot of these underdogs jumped out early and were up six, seven points against some teams that I just felt like were better. And uh, I was able to get the favorite at a much lesser line, you mm-hmm. know, for the half, for the first half. And I actually had, had, uh, had a lot of success doing that. It's actually how I cast the uh, halftime in the Tennessee game, even though they ended up losing. I ended up getting them at like minus one and a half, I think, in uh, the first half. And it was plus money, too, behind it, so... Yeah, I've been doing some first to 15s, which is fun. I don't know if, you know, I'll do a ton of those uh, moving forward, but Michigan State, Miami, both were the first to 15. So Michigan was the first to 15. Uh, we'll see what those numbers look like uh, moving forward. Um, so just once again, just kind of 
looking back at the games and throughout the week, well, these are kind of more first blush thoughts. Um, you and I differ uh, a little bit. Actually, I would say we differ because you think St. Peter's is going to be alive against Purdue. Yeah, I think they're a lime dog to win. I don't. I do. There's, there's no way. That I am not impressed by Purdue. And that's fine. Yeah. I, look, Sean, I, I have been the biggest, one of the bigger skeptics of Purdue this year. But when they play teams that are small, they rip them to shreds. And you look at teams comparable to St. Peter's this year, you know, around 100 to 150 in Ken Palm, which, you know, St. Peter's is sitting there at 101. Uh, Wright State, they beat by 44. Florida State, they beat by 38. Butler, they beat by 39. So teams, you know, Minnesota, they beat by 15. These are all teams kind of ranked right around St. Peter's. They, you know, ripped Yale limb from limb. 12 and a half's a lot. And in a, in a you know, sweet 16 performance, you never know. Um, last year, Oral Roberts, they lost by two. They were the 15. Rutgers, Rutgers isn't a big team. Indiana has Trace Jackson, but other than that, they're not a big team. Yeah, they also beat Rutgers their most recent time by 12. Yeah, I know. I mean, Wisconsin, I mean Michigan State's not a huge team. I, I just, I don't know. I guess it's, but you look and at, I'm not disagreeing so with St. you. So St. Peter's. So and, and I get your argument. Casey and it's Adefo very, is, it's very rational. Is Casey Adefo is, is a solid defender. Mm-hmm. He's 6'7", six, six, 195 pounds. Mm-hmm. Oscar Shibwe had 30 points and 16 rebounds mm-hmm. against St. Peter's. The guard play is what fell apart uh, against St. Peter's. I also love Purdue's guards. Also, I mean, Jaden Ivey's a top five player. Yeah, but you don't consider him a guard as much as a wing. What? Not bad. I mean, and listen, Stevanovich didn't hit a three against Texas. He didn't. St. Peter's he didn't. shot out of their skulls. And, and, and here's the thing. Hey, I could be wrong here. No, I, and I'm I, I could argue be with you about this. I would like the Predators to score here, though. Same. But I'm just, I just, I, I'm not impressed with Purdue. Even though Edie's big, I don't think he brings a lot to the table outside of size. I think he's a huge vulnerability on defense if you make him move. And that's, and, and I, I think, I think the other big fellow, Travion Williams. Yeah, I who just think absolute. I think monster. he's extremely talented. But I, I just, I've, I've, as being a coach, a former coach, like sometimes with kids, like you have a kid that's not super talented, but his effort kind of bridges the gap. And you have some other kids that are super talented, but they just, they don't prioritize doing the fundamentals right the entire time. And that's what I see, you know, with Williams. So even though they're big and he's talented, I mean, he has game. He can move exceptionally well for a guy that size. I, I just, I'm not in love with Purdue. And I, I, and wanna, I I'm going to bet St. Peter's. I want to make sure, like, I don't, I think Purdue's going to be bounced by the winner of the UCLA-UNC game. If they get there. I mean, I will. Sometimes when a team is hot, like St. Peter's is, and, you know, they have a lot of confidence, All right, and they're playing a flawed higher seed, just, you know, it goes a long way. I think the, the St. Peter's love is getting a little too much, a little too much. I think the public's going to take the points. They're going to see that candy dangling there. Well, see, then I won't be with the public. I'm going to take the money line. I'm not going to lay the points. I'm going to take the money line. and then I'll, Why? I'll why, ad- Sean, why? Hey, man, I believe. I'm a, I believe in the fight in Shaheen Holloway's. I'll book your bet. <laughs> you can come to the Murray Sportsbook and, and lay that with me. I also think, and you tell me what you think about this, there is going to be some regression with the officiating. I think the officiating has caught some legitimate flack about the discrepancy in the Purdue-Texas game. 
So I do think that, uh, yes, and uh, the Predators scored again. So I can stop watching that game now. Um, I do think that the officials have to regress and correct. I mean, I mean, here's it was thing. such a disparity in this Purdue game. Like, the following game, the refs have to think, okay, we can't two games in a row, you know, have a, a basically if they four keep- to one foul disparity, dis- discrepancy between the two teams. I mean, 46 to 12. If they keep pounding the ball inside and that's the game plan, then there's going to be a foul discrepancy. Well, I don't think Eddie has an inside game. He's just there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He's 7'4", so 295 pounds, and when you have a 6'7", 195-pound big guarding him, well, we'll find good out. luck. We'll find out. Good luck. So, yeah. I'm going St. Peter's money line. Hope I'm right. We'll yeah, find you, out. You won't be, but, I mean, good luck. Have fun. Have fun. And then I'm telling you, I'll, I'll make my corrections. If I'm wrong, I'll know it early, and I'll correct it in-game. How? Because I'll be able to tell in the first three, four minutes of the game, okay, first of all, is St. Peter's going to actually win? And secondly, if they have any chance of covering 12 and a half. So I'll be able to get Kansas. I mean, I'll be able to get uh, Purdue as the favorite if I want them in game. Yeah, but if they get out to a 10-0 lead, it'll be 20. Then I'll be stuck. <laughs> but there'll be ways. There'll be ways to correct it. Just call me in-game king, man. <laughs> I would call you've it. Got, t- you've got enough self-assigned uh, nicknames there. I would. I, I certainly not pregame king or cigar bet king. It's content. I'm creating content. Man. Oh, okay. You know, it's just it is what it is. <laughs> the cigar thing. I don't know what I want to give you yet for the cigar bet. I'm getting my butt kicked. For those of you that can't see the cigar list, a lot I of mean, check marks over there. I man, I started off hot, mm-hmm. and I hit a wall right around. College football playoff time, and man, you've been murking me. I mean, murking. I mean, since, let's just say this is January 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 1, 2, 3, 4. I'm down 11, 4. I'm getting murked. Well, and one that's ungraded, Malik Willis, yeah. first round pick. We got a couple. We got a couple out but there. But you've got one. Well, yeah. you put your. Uh... You got you got lucky with our Texas Kentucky bet. So we bet we bet Texas and Kentucky who would have the higher AP rank, which was clearly a victory for Sean. Uh-huh. But we had a Kansas Duke one, which was final record, mm-hmm. which was a push. Yeah, I got and then lucky. who would go further into the tournament? I got hosed. Why? Because Duke loses North Carolina. Because Kansas plays in the best conference in college basketball, still goes twenty eight and six, and Duke plays in the ACC and goes twenty eight and six. Yeah. This is a bad loss to Carolina. A game that Duke actually was dominating at the beginning of it. Come on, uh, Predators. What are y'all doing? Gee whiz, man. He said he was going to stop watching. He's still watching. All right, 57 seconds to go before Sean's able to cash that ticket. Uh, We'll wrap things up. Matt Ryan as a Colt. Some final thoughts there. Anything on the board tomorrow that is intriguing? I might have a player, too, that jumps out at me. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. Come on, Predators. Close this thing out for Sean. Let him cash a ticket tonight. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends, oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh-cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a simply, simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break. 
to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Wrapping things up here on the nightcap. That is Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Sean, nice little start to the week. Yeah, little winner. A little plus 150 action. Predators on the puck line. They win 6-3. to three. For you, so a good win. Good way to start the week there for you, sir. Absolutely. Um, so in the break, we were having a very yeah. interesting conversation. Read the uh, the tweet that you found about Mr. Mayfield. So Adam Schefter uh, said this earlier today about Baker Mayfield. He said the Browns had a conversation with a team about Baker, and the team, meaning the other team, asked for a pick from the Browns to take on Baker Mayfield, almost a – uh, who who was that? Um, who was the quarterback? Brock Osweiler, who mm-hmm. signed the terrible contract with, was it he? Denver, wasn't it? Denver. Was it Denver or Houston? He signed it with Denver. Right. Uh, so, and then he added, if anyone thinks they're getting a high premium pick for Baker Mayfield, they are mistaken. So, Baker Mayfield's making less money than Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz can make $28 million bucks. Baker Mayfield's on the final year of his rookie deal. I don't know, probably 18, 19, 20 million, something around that ballpark. The job opportunities are dwindling there for Baker Mayfield. I mean, does he stink that bad? No, I don't think he stinks, but I think Baker Mayfield has the same issue that Kyler Murray has. The team that they were with, they didn't show enough maturity and intangible to justify what extending the contract comes with. And I think what you see in this situation is the team is saying, we need more compensation from you than Baker because whoever acquires Baker Mayfield, he wants to get paid. So he's not coming to a new team and sit there on the end of this rookie deal. He wants an extension. He wanted an extension in Cleveland. Cleveland obviously said no because they didn't mind paying the quarterback. Heck, they gave Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed. They just weren't going to pay Baker. Mm-hmm. They made a statement that I think is very, very prudent as it pertains to this situation. We want an adult as our quarterback. And I think what that's talking about is, listen, as a quarterback, you have to carry yourself a certain way around the building. You have to handle your business in a certain way. You know, your online presence, your off-the-field presence, no matter what it is, they, the organization wants it viewed in a certain light. And I know for a fact, because I know people at Cleveland and Arizona, the thought process is identical to why neither team has paid Murray or Mayfield. And it's not necessarily just an on-the-field issue. It's, okay, what are we going to be able to do from a control standpoint if we give Baker, if we give Kyle this kind of money? We already kind of struggle to get them to see the world from the perspective that we'd like them to see it from, giving them more money, justified or not, is not going to correct the behavior. It's going to enable it even more. So, you know, teams understand that when you trade for Baker Mayfield, you're going to have to pay him. You're not going to be able to trade for him and say, okay, Baker, sit on this deal and prove yourself because he's going to be unhappy. So if you're going to trade for a guy, then why do something that you know is going to make him unhappy? But at this point, knowing that the price tag is so low in compensation. You know, I mean, it feels like the Browns, I mean, they just signed Jacoby Brissett. I mean, there is no market for him. Why wouldn't you give up a a seventh-round pick and say, and, and kind of sit him aside and be like, look, if you think you're this good, prove it to us, and then 
We'll see. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work, though. I mean, the going rate Then you the, cut him. You mean the Browns? Yeah, I'm saying. Are you talking about the team trading for him? Yeah, well, I am Team X. I'm the Seahawks. Right. And I say, well, we'll give up a seventh-round pick for, for Baker. Okay. He's on that final year of a deal, manageable. We let him play it out. And if he's good, then maybe we'll re-sign him. At some point, doesn't Baker Mayfield need to recognize that I'm playing for my life right now? Yeah, you would think that. But, again, that's the adulting part that the organization came out and talked about. I mean, obviously, there's a disconnect between him, how he processes information, the circle around him. Like, who around him is telling him, go and put a tweet out thanking the city of Cleveland? <laughs> you know? Like, You're right. You know? So it's not like the behavior seems to be corrected. But doesn't it feel – I mean – Like, you got to think about this. Remember when uh, – who was this, Storm? It was a running back in Cleveland that Baker said if he don't want to be here, oh. you know, he don't have to be here. It was Storm. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, right? That's Baker. That's your quarterback. Odell Beckham left because of who? Baker. Jarvis Landry wanted out because of who? Baker. And at the time, the Browns did everything in their power to make it seem like it was the other guy. But when Odell got to the Rams, he looked like a top-level wide receiver again. I'm sure Jarvis Landry, wherever he's going, I mean, so – you just have to understand the market is the market. The risk you run with not paying Baker if you trade for him is if he does go out in some kind of way, have a big-time year. Now you got to pay him on a new market scale because of what Deshaun Watson just got. Now you got to pay him well, you don't the Patrick Mahomes. No. Oh, if he goes on and has a big year, it is what it is. If, he, if you just extend him now, he's still getting Dak Prescott-type money because that's just what the market is. So for me – it. If I were to make a deal for Baker Mayfield at this point, I would just say it's a prove it deal. So if I'm Seattle and I want a serviceable quarterback, but well, he's not going to be happy. So then why trade for then, him? Then cut him. You know, kind of assume that. But like, then you're giving up a pick for nothing. Yeah, but if it's a seventh round pick, well, who said the Browns are giving up Baker for a seven? The, the, uh, the Colts just got a three for Matt Ryan. They've already signed their the backup quarterback oh, absolutely. for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So they're not keeping him. He's well, gone. They're not. They're not paying him. He will be released before he is, you know, plays a game next year or suited up for a game. They're not keeping him on that roster. It's too much money. They're also not trading him anywhere where he's going to desire to go. I think there's an extreme dislike. Right. Almost but, at borderlines on But, but what I'm saying angst. is if I'm a team that – The Browns – like people were saying initially, Baker to the Colts. I was like, the Browns aren't sending Baker to Indy where he's got a good supporting class and he could potentially be successful. But they're going to send Baker somewhere – and laugh at him. Like, there's negative energy that exists between Baker Mayfield and the Browns organizations. No, I like, like, Baker feels like you guys should have paid me, and the Browns organization is like, clown, we drafted you number one. <laughs> we went out and added Kareem Hunt and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry to help you. And you've done what in return? And, you know, so they're not about to – Escort him out the door somewhere he can be great. Trust me. I think I still think, unless Pete Carroll is blowing smoke, that he ends up in Seattle. Yeah. And Pete Carroll came out and said he loves Drew Locke. And, and listen, if, if Seattle's going to draft a first-round quarterback, the Drew Locke thing makes sense. Right. But and, and honestly, I would trade for Baker Mayfield and let him compete against Drew Locke. And once again, if he's a malcontent, bye-bye. If you you're Atlanta, I'm would you offer the third-round pick you just got from Indy for Baker? No. Uh-uh. Supply and demand. There's no way I'm giving up a third-round pick. So a third-round pick, I can get someone. Quality. I'm giving up a conditional pick. Like, got you. You know what I'm saying? I will say this. The one what would you get? What would you 
give up for Baker Mayfield? If a, you're a Costco card, right? I membership. Mean, I mean, a team is calling and saying we want compensation to get him. And the reason I'm not giving anything up for Baker because I'm not going to be willing to pay him. So I'm not going to trade for an asset that I know I'm going to have but, issues with. But, I mean, with. people have traded seventh-round picks for worse. If he could be our starting quarterback in Seattle, why not? For a yeah. seventh-round pick? And then, once again, if he's a pain in the ass, bye-bye. If let, he's if he's not good, see you later. Let so. me say this on the show. I want to be the first person nationally to say this because I haven't heard anyone say this. I truly, truly believe the 49ers are not confident about Trey Lance. I, I, awesome. I, I 100% believe internally that there is some I'm not gonna say disagreement, but I don't think there's a unified front as to what he is and where he actually is in the process of being the everyday starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't want to be there. They drive this young kid. They gave up all of these assets to get and Garoppolo's still on the roster. And people have been calling and asking about Jimmy. That is true. All right, before we get out of here, um I said one minute and that's what I'll take. I'm taking the dogs tomorrow on the NIT. Xavier is taking on Vanderbilt. Give me Vanderbilt plus the four. Uh, Paul Scruggs, one of their senior captains, uh, is uh, dealing with an ankle injury, probably won't play. From Xavier? Uh, from Xavier. So sure. give me Vandy plus the four. Scotty Pippen Jr. just had 32 in that win. I think they're ascending. It's be a nice little deal for Jerry Stackhouse to win that. I'm pulling great. for him, yeah. And then uh, I like the Bonnies a little bit. Catching three and a half. They should be at home. They got job. They're sending them to UVA. I think that team, all all seniors, they want to they want to go to Madison Square Garden. So give me the Bonnies plus the three and a half. We're going dogs tomorrow in the NIT. And that is the NIT conversation for the day. Scott Seidenberg up next right here on VEASAN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. 
just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.